Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. God in heaven, thank you for this rich and wonderful opportunity that you've presented before me. God, I pray that as your ambassador, I don't fail you. I pray, oh God, that I look a whole lot like you today. I pray that my voice sounds a lot like yours in these words that I'll share from this infallible word called the Bible. Oh God, do me one favor if you would. Bless this place today from center to circumference so that when we leave this place, we can say that we are changed. And we also had a good time because we experienced you like never before. In Jesus' name, all those agreed would say amen. Amen and amen and amen. I'll tell you what, Dorothy, you know, you are not alone. This forgiveness piece has been kicking my tail for real. I was like, God, why would you have me deliver such a message when you know that's my issue? (laughs) Why would you have me share something like this? Because it's going to be very difficult for me to not be a hypocrite in what I'm going to be sharing with the people with this message. And and it's been kicking my tail because, you know, every it's funny because you become sensitive to how people treat you. And so you're like, man, I got to forgive that, you know, because we're doing this series and, and Pastor B and I'm like, and God, and, you know, it's just kicking my tail. So every little thing. I I forgive you. Every little thing, I I forgive you. You're extending forgiveness like never before. You just like doing it. So the first week we talked about the things that forgiveness is not. I wanted to release you all because a lot of times we hold on to uh, forgiveness because we feel that, you know, if I give forgiveness, then that means that you're taking advantage of me. It means that I condone what you've done. It means that we have to reconcile. And I wanted to kill those fallacies and say, that's not true. That when you offer forgiveness, that you don't suddenly stop hurting. You don't suddenly have to reconcile with somebody. That's not true. But you do have to offer forgiveness. That was week one. Week two, we dealt with how do you forgive people. We kind of tackled those things. And if you missed it, you can certainly catch up on the podcast, which this, this series is like kick and tail. I've been checking and monitoring. It's like people are like, yeah. So people are dealing with some real forgiveness issues in this world. So last week was kind of cool. It was kind of mellow. This week, we're going to really get all up in your business. As a matter of fact, I'm going to drive my car directly into your driveway. I'm going to press your cold, enter myself into your building. I'm going to sit on your couch. I'm going to be that much in your business today because we're going to talk about how do you forgive you? Ooh, how do you forgive you? And a lot of us, we don't move on to the next level because we're looking at our past circumstances, our past situations, our past mistakes, our past failures. And we're like, because of that, I can't forgive me. I'm not qualified to move to the next level. I cannot pass, go, and certainly cannot collect $200. 
do we forgive ourselves is what we're going to deal with. The other thing that I want to help you all with today, and, and, and this, this is going to mess you up a little bit. <laughs> do we have any people here who's never hurt anybody? Oh, okay. Amen, lights. We've all offended somebody before, right? Some of us, you don't have to raise your hand. I'm not going to raise mine. Some of us have not sought forgiveness for the offense that we caused against somebody. I told you I'm going to pull right up in your driveway today. Some of us have not sought a, a, a reconciliation or forgiveness for the offense that we've caused against somebody. We're going to talk about that today. How do you go and ask for forgiveness? Because I'm going to tell you, we all struggle with this P word. No, I'm not talking about peace. I'm not talking about playing. I'm talking about pride. And pride will allow us to not seek forgiveness when we know in our hearts that we've wronged somebody. We're going to get into that today, if you will permit me. If you are taking notes, go ahead and get your hand out prepared. And, and, and we got some words for you today, as always, but we're going to get to those later. Forgiveness is hard. Can we all agree? It's hard. Extending it, receiving it, right? It's hard asking for it. Forgiveness is not an easy task. Here's what I know. If it was easy, there would be peace in the world and the government wouldn't be shut down. I didn't mean to go there. I did not mean to go there. But if forgiveness was that easy, if reconciliation was that easy, this world would be at peace. There would never be war anymore. Divorce, oh my God, would be like, what is that foreign word you're using? If forgiveness was that easy. The debt ceiling would be non-existent if forgiveness was that easy. Enemy, there wouldn't be one. If forgiveness was that easy. If forgiveness was that easy, there would be no such thing called racism. <laughs> if forgiveness was that easy, there would be no such thing called poverty. If forgiveness was that easy, my brothers and my sisters, this world would be a world unlike any other. It would truly be a place where we could live in harmony and peace with one another. The first thing I want to talk about today is how do we ask for forgiveness? How do we ask for forgiveness? If we turn to the book of Matthew and read in chapter 5, verses 23 through 25, we find these words. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. In other words, if you are praying or just chilling or meditating or doing whatever, and you realize, you know what? Somebody pops in your head and you say, you know what, I want to reach out to them and just check on them. But you're like, you know what, we're not talking right now. Stop immediately. Immediately what you're doing and reconcile with them. Now, let me tell you what this word reconcile means in the Bible so that you don't get it confused. It doesn't mean I'm going to go, we're going to start hanging out again. You've offended me. I've offended you. We're going to be best buds. We're going to be BFF. You're going to be like my number one friend on my Facebook stuff. We're going to be like homies forever. No, it doesn't mean that. It means settle your differences. 
settle the differences. Plain and simple, reconcile according to this biblical context in this New Testament scripture simply means settle your differences. It don't mean we got to be buddy-buddy, but we do have to get along in this world that we live in. Settle your differences. The thing is, my brothers and sisters, (laughs) we're funny people. We are humans. We judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. See, you offended me. And then you do the same thing. It's like, well, what, what, what happened was what I was trying to do. You didn't. You just missed it. What I was trying to do. No, no, no. We judge others by our act, by their actions, but judge ourselves by our intentions. And it needs to be the same on both sides. What was their intention? Was their intention to hurt you? Was your intention to hurt them? See, if we begin to look at uh, uh, offenses in that manner, we get to see things in a different light. What was the intention? We're not going to look at just the actions. What was their intention behind it? The key question is, if you've hurt someone, I want you to ask yourself this. How have I hurt you? How have I hurt you? How have I hurt this person? When you go to this person to reconcile, ask them, plain and simple. Listen, we're not talking right now, and I, listen, I don't know what I've done wrong. How have I hurt you? I want to say something. This is not a time for you to explain yourself. This is not a time for you to get your point across. It's not a time for you to vindicate what you feel is justice. This is a time for you to really seek forgiveness. How have I hurt you? Then open up your ears and sit back and listen. Matter of fact, take notes because you might learn some things about yourself that you didn't realize Perhaps you are a, big, a bit of a blabbermouth. Perhaps you are uh, the editor of a gossip column in your hood. Perhaps there are some internal issues that you have to work on. Think about that. The first thing you must do is acknowledge those you've hurt. Go to them. Ask them uh, how you've hurt them. Don't explain yourself. The second thing I want to offer real quick is that make it a priority to make it right. Make it a priority to make it right. If I look at this scripture here, it says, if you're in the middle of offering your sacrifice and suddenly uh, it, it jumps in your head, stop. Leave the sacrifice. Go resolve the issues with the person while it's on your mind. You know why it says this? I thought about this. It says, yeah, that's crazy. Why would you do that? Even back then, they had so much going on, they would have forgot about it. In the middle of prayer, oh, man, you know what? I got to make it right with my man, James. You know, this and that happened. I've got to make it right. You know what? I'm going to do that later on today. I'm going to put that on my to-do list. And a month has gone by, and you have not reconciled. And what happens when you don't reconcile with somebody? Whatever the issue is, it sits in the pot. The fire is still pretty hot, and it boils and boils and boils and boils until it eventually goes away. Y'all haven't talked in a hundred years. I have a friend of mine who shared this story with me. He has a friend who just totally doesn't believe in God. Just like, I don't even think God exists. Never refused to just walk in, walk into any church building. And uh, they had some differences. My friend, he's a pastor. His friend was not uh, a Christian at all. And whatever their differences, it wasn't religious. It was over, I think, a tool. If, he, if, if my memory serves me correctly, he let his friend borrow a tool, and the friend never returned the tool. And so he kept saying to himself, he put it in the back of his mind, I need to go to so-and-so and kind of make things right. 
You know, it's only a tool. It's just a tool. It's just a piece of equipment. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that happen for years. And then finally, this man was on his deathbed. And he was like, man, I, I got to get to him because he was out of town, by the way. I left that part out. The, the, the other person was out of town. And the, my pastor friend was like, I got to get to him, man. I got to make it right and, and, and try to, you know, just share my heart with them, how I just really wanted to get to him and, you know, and just, just let him know I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I don't want you to go to heaven or wherever you're going to go uh, without me, without you hearing that. I'm sorry. I love you. And it was over a stupid tool. He never made it. Didn't get there. He planned to go. Tried to find uh, airfare to get there. The guy died. And now my buddy, a pastor, lives with this guilt and regret. I did not reconcile with my friend over a tool. Now, I know it's just a tool, but some of y'all are holding grudges against people over fingernail polish. Let's be real. Over something so petty. Something so minuscule. I remember there's a brother in here. I met him for the first time, and we talked about, you know, settling differences. And uh, brother said to me, man, brother, you know, man, we different. We just have a brew, and, you know, we can disagree, but we have a brew, and next thing you know, we cool. Everything is all right. And, and, and I was like, you know what we do? We don't, we don't make a big fuss, but this brother, these two cats, one moved, and they just never reconciled. Sometimes reconciliation can be very easy. But sometimes if you let it be, it could be extremely difficult. And you miss a rich opportunity to mend something that could have been mended over something petty, something minuscule, something that had no meaning, uh, really, a tool, a tool. Let me show you how you should do this, make it right, make it a priority, right? We live in a world where social technology has totally taken over, right? It's, it's really easy now. The dating scene has gotten easy in terms of meeting. I'm not saying it's gotten easy in terms of hooking up, but in terms of meeting people, oh my God, man, you don't have to go out the house. You can go right online. It's a little bit easier. You kind of get past that stuff. And what happens is we use that same technology to say, I'm sorry. Huh? Let me send you a text. Uh, hey, my bad. We good? Uh, I'm sorry. And that's it. A text message. No feeling, no nothing. If you want to make it right with somebody, do it face-to-face or over the phone. I want to tell you, there, there's a relationship I had with a person, man, really, really solid relationship, and it just went, it went really far south because the whole conversation, our whole disagreement happened via email and text messaging and blogs. And I was like, the, first, the very first communication with the person was like, hey, can we meet? I will come right now in my boxer so we can meet if we need to. Can we connect? Because what you're reading and hearing is wrong. Let, hear my voice. Hear, let's talk on the phone if necessary. Hear my sincerity behind what I'm saying. No. Want to see you right now because seeing you right now means I'm gonna cuss you all the way out. So be it, but let's talk. As long as we don't come to blows, if we come to blows, I, I just forget that I'm saved. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I will forget that I'm saved and it, it's gonna be ugly. Anyhow, back to what I was saying. If you're going to reconcile with somebody, do it face to face or over the phone. They need to hear or see your sincerity. And you need to see that they've forgiven you or released you from that unforgiveness. It has to be 
verbal or face-to-face. Do not do it social media-wise. Y'all can write that down. That's good because some of y'all are like, oh, I'm going to forgive such and such. I'm going to send them a Facebook message today, inbox them, Instagram. Now you do the Instagram thing. They got the pictures of the words, like, and you could put it in a frame and all type of stuff. They draw it in graffiti. It's like, oh, come on, people. That's what happened to communication. When was the last time somebody received a letter in the mail? Like somebody wrote, hand wrote you a letter. You have? Were they in prison? Oh. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm saying. No offense to anyone. I'm just saying. Because that's typically where you, somebody writes a letter. Nowadays, we're all text messaging. Right? I'm not lying. I'm not making anything up. Pardon me. Anyway, I love what Proverbs says here. Real talk. Proverbs 6, 2 through 5 says this. If you have trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, follow my advice and save yourself, for you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now swallow your, there's that P word, pride, go and ask. No, it doesn't say ask. I'm sorry. Go and suggest. No, it doesn't say that. It says go and text. No, it doesn't say that either. It says go and beg. Go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do it now, exclamation point. That means it's real serious. Don't rest until you do. Don't even take a nap. Don't go night-night until you reconcile. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. Do it as if your doggone life depended on it. If you've offended somebody, no matter how big or small the offense, go back and reconcile and make it right as if your doggone life depended on it. That is literally what it said. Like a gazelle escaping. That means you need to take off fast, running to that person saying, man, I'm sorry. Some of y'all going to, I can see it already. Some of y'all going to be like hugging in the parking lot today, apologizing about something. I see it all on your face. Y'all like, yeah, man, I did say that, uh, you know, that outfit was tacky. So let me apologize about that. Anyway, <laughs> here's the process in making it right. First thing you do when you reach out to that person you've offended, and they decide that, yeah, I'll take you up on your offer for some coffee. I'll take you up on your offer for some McDonald's, whatever. First thing you do. Listen, I'm sorry. So you apologize. It's the first thing you do. Apologize. Plain and simple. Apologize. I'm sorry. Not, I'm sorry, but if you had done this. Not, I'm sorry, but what I was trying to say. It's not, I'm sorry, but. It's not, I'm sorry, but. Because if it is, I'm sorry, but, you're the but in the, I'm sorry. Okay, y'all will get that later on. Play it back in the, in the podcast and you'll understand that. If here's a but and I'm a sorry, you're the but in the I'm sorry. There's no I'm sorry, but. I'm sorry. I apologize. Next thing you do is ask for forgiveness. Simple. I'm sorry. Number two, ask for forgiveness. Will you forgive me? I want to share some things that could happen in that process real quick. Y'all might like this. You might not. Guess what could happen? They may forgive you. You know what? That was so stupid. That tool meant nothing to me. 
Matter of fact, they got the new version of that tool on sale today at Home Depot. I, you know what? I just get that, man. You did me a favor by losing my tool. You know what? I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I missed that very important day and blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, I know this was the only time you're going to graduate with a Ph.D., but I really couldn't make it. And, and that person might say, you know what? No, I get it. I mean, yo, the economy's tight. The government shut down and... You know, buddy passes are on the up, and, you know, hey, I get it. We cool? We cool. Listen, I'll pick up the tab. They may actually forgive you. Another thing that could happen is that they say, hey, I forgive you, but we can't be cool. I just don't see any growth in our relationship. I don't see any, any benefit to our relationship. I mean, not, and it's not just me. It's just you, right? It's not just me. It's, it's I don't see growth in you. I can't. I feel like I'm holding you back. So I forgive you, but we can't be cool. The third thing that could happen is that they actually cuss you all the way out. That could really happen. And chances are (laughs) you may have deserved it, may have not, you know. But what I urge you not to do, y'all know where I'm going with this. Don't throw it back because some of y'all have a Ph.D. in cussing. I know this. Y'all have Ph.D. I saw it hanging on your wall. And you smiling like, and it's got the F with the symbols in the middle and the K on the end. Like, that's the certificate. you like, I did it. Every language. I can cuss you out. <laughs> Ph.D.s. Don't get caught up in that because guess what? Nothing gets resolved. Nothing gets resolved. That's the time where you ask for an extra portion of humble pie and keep it moving. Keep it moving. Let them cuss you all the way out. Maybe that's their release, and you just, you dead it. I'm done with it. Peace. I realize I can't have a relationship with this person. Those are the three things that could happen when you go. But you must go. Remember, by doing this, you're not doing that person a favor. It's for you. You're releasing yourself from the bondage of unforgiveness. You're freeing yourself. You are moving on through life guiltless. In the process, release it, let it go. So, asking for forgiveness. Acknowledge those you've hurt. Make it a priority to make it right. Here's the thing I want you to focus on. You have to do these things. God is not asking you to worry about the results. What's going to happen? Man, I go, but, you know, they don't want to hang out. They don't want to be my friend. They didn't, extend, they didn't say they forgive me. God is not asking you to worry about the results. He's only asking you to be obedient. He's only asking you to be obedient. Just do what I say do. Let me worry about the results. And perhaps part of the process is totally cutting them out of your life because they're dead weight anyway. Let me move you to where I need you to go. But you need them out of your life to do that. Next thing. I want to focus on is, well, how do I accept forgiveness? Woo! I struggle with that. I was a jacked up kid. I'm just going to tell you all the truth, man. And one of the things I struggle with every time I see my mother is how I treated her. We weren't very close growing up, my mother and I. And, and I was really raised by my grandparents and godparents. There was a moment where, you know, all those people that were really important in my life were gone. They died. Me and my mother had to 
be face to face, and I'm her firstborn. And she called herself disciplining one, me one night. You're going to put your hands on me. And so I grabbed a space heater and threw it at her. To this day, I regret that. Just saying it right now, I've, I've got this yucky, nasty feeling in my heart. And she's forgiven me a million times. Uh, but uh, that's just one of those things I struggle with. How stupid was I? That's my mother. You know, I don't know how. I mean, honestly, we, our relationship ain't like that where I even know how long she had me labor. I don't know how long she was in labor with me. I have no idea. But I do know that she was in labor with me. I do know for nine months she carried my behind and ate properly, didn't smoke, followed some health systems to make sure that she had a healthy baby boy. I knew that she did the best that she could as a single mom to raise me and two younger sisters. I know that she did the best she can. She did not deserve for me to grab a space heater and throw it at her. I struggle with that, Ron. Let's be honest. Who would do such a thing to their mother? This guy right here did. I'm not the only one. But that's what I struggle with, with unforgiveness. I struggle also with unforgiveness in my Playboy days when I wasn't attached to God and the numbers of women that I, I just misled. I'm being honest. I'm just being honest. I'm just being transparent. That's who I am. I'm stupid. I made some very bad decisions. Girls giving their purity to me who didn't even love them but said I did just so I can get what I wanted. And now they have to look in shame like I gave something that was very pure that I should have saved for my husband to this jackbutt who cared nothing for me. Man, that, that's tough. Because I got two daughters and I'm like, oh, God, I hope this karma thing is the biggest lie ever told. Please, Lord, let this karma thing be like a joke. And I check the Bible, and I don't see the word karma in there, so I'm feeling kind of good about myself. I'm feeling a bit redeemed, but I still worry. I still worry, man, because God forbid you mess with my Past the hat will fly off very quick, and I will look similar to Mike Tyson back in the day when he used to knock people out in the first round. Like, my neck will shrink. I look like a pit bull. I will tear you up. I don't need no gun. My gun's right here. I'll slap you out. You know, people knock people out. I'm a percussionist. I got these fast things. I'm going to slap you out. <laughs> be the first time you see somebody slapped out. You're messing with my baby. I'm dead serious. But I struggle with that unforgiveness because as I look at my beautiful, precious, little, innocent girls, there will be some fool that looked a lot like Brody. That was my nickname. If you ever hear that, that was me. That will look just like me and come running some stupid game, making some girl feel all special. There will be some guy that does that to my daughters. And I only pray that, number one, I've laid a solid enough foundation. Number two, that God has forgiven me enough that it extends to he protecting my daughters. Because that really scares the living poo-poo out of me. I'm serious, y'all. I struggle with that. And some of you all struggle with some of those same, not, it may not be my story. It could be those same things. You look in the mirror, you brushing your teeth, and you think it to yourself, man, life could be so much better if I hadn't done this. Man, life would be so much better if I just waited just maybe another month before I made that decision. Oh, my God goodness, man, this, this would be a bigger house if I had just done this. 
if I had just done that. You go to go uh, to the store, the first thing you do is check your bank account because you know it's tight. If I had just made a better financial decision back then, we all got some stuff that we are not forgiving ourselves for, but God has forgiven us for long ago and still extends the same grace and mercy to you today. We've given our innocence up to somebody who so didn't deserve it, and we're struggling with that sometimes. We've made some poor decisions. We've misled some people in certain areas of our life. It may not be all of you, but I know that we're struggling with something in our hearts that we haven't forgiven ourselves for. Haven't said I love you to a loved one who, who you just wanted to say it to and didn't get there in time and that person passed. That's another thing. I've forgiven myself about that, but my grandmother was the closest person in my life, closer than even my mother, and she was up in New York struggling and dying of cancer. And all she kept saying is, I want to see you. Oh, I'm going to get there, Grandma. I'm going to get there. And, and I never got there. And I'm, I'm going to get there, Grandma. And one of my favorite things to do is sit with my grandma right next to her. And she grabbed my hand and just put it on her lap. And those old hands that worked a long time, picking cotton and folding clothes for people and taking care of other people's kids, those rough beautiful hands would just rub mine, and she'd just tell me stories about back in the day. That's one of my favorite things to do, or the one time in my life that I went to bingo, it was with her, and it was like I used to give her money to go to bingo. That was the thing. You know, Grandma, you going to bingo? Or she'd say, give me a little something so I can go to bango. She'd say bango, not bingo, but bango, and I'd give her a little something to go to bango, but one time I went, and I saw my grandmother, and she says, I says, Grandma, I got a little something for you. She said, oh, you going to give me a little something to go to Bango? I says, no, I'm going to take you to Bango. She said, you going to wait for me? I says, no, I'm going to Bango with you. I'm going to sit in there right next to you and a hundred other old ladies, and we're going to play some Bingo. And, oh, my goodness, was that a proud moment. I come in there with my Yankees baseball cap and sweatsuit, and she struck me. This is my grandson. Oh, Olivia, you got such a fine young grandson. Oh, he's such a nice young man to come here and play bingo with you with us old people. That meant the world to her. And all she asked me, will you come see me? And I just made every excuse in the world. I didn't have enough money. I could have hopped a Greyhound. I could have borrowed it. I could have done anything, but I didn't get there. And for many years, it was a real crutch even in my marriage because I didn't get there, and I couldn't forgive myself. And I kept struggling and dealing with that. But I've, I've learned to get over that because I know she's proud. I know she's happy. You know, she was actually one of the first people to say that I would be a pastor. And I was like, woman, you crazy. I don't even like God. I'm a Muslim. I'm a 5 of. I'm spiritual, please. I ain't going to be no, ain't nobody in my house going to church, please. But she was the first one who spoke it. She saw something. God allowed her to see a glimpse into my future. And so anyway, Grandma Olivia, I love you, and I've forgiven myself for not making it there. Colossians says this, and this is Paul talking to the people in the church in Colossae. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Y'all looking at me like, yo, but I thought we were talking about forgiving ourselves. Watch this. Y'all know I like to dig a little deeper in Scripture. In this particular text, in its original writing in the Greek format, that word that says 
for each other's faults is actually a Greek word. You have it in your notes. You can thank me for it later. It's a Greek word, huatu, huatu. And you know what huatu means when it says forgiving others? You're included in the others. When Paul was saying this in this context, he was saying forgive not only others, but check this out. Make allowances for each other's faults. Make allowances for your faults. Forgive yourself for your own shortcomings. Huatu. Huatu. Make allowances even for when you miss the mark, baby, because you're going to do it. And when I read this and then I saw the, the Greek word, I say, oh, man, I'm others. I'm thinking that I just got to forgive you when you cross my line. I'm thinking I have to forgive my neighbor when they slant me in some kind of way. No, it starts with you, me. It starts with you. Make allowance for yourself and others' faults. Forgive anyone who offends you, including yourself. When you look in the mirror, if you've offended yourself, you know you uh, have done something and you're not happy with where you are. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you should think about forgiving others. No, there's a big M word there. You must. It's a priority. It's not uh, uh, up for debate. You must. It's not something that we can con uh, consider. No, it says you must. You must. You have to. And it's not saying that for their sake. It's saying it for your sake so that you're not held down by the shackles of unforgiveness. You must do this for your sake. For your sake. For your sake. Here's the thing. When we don't forgive others, we are denying the work that Jesus accomplished on the cross for us. When we don't forgive others, including us, we are denying the work that Jesus accomplished on the cross for us when he died for you and I. It was done. It's finished. As a matter of fact, he said it. It is finished. He wasn't talking about his death. He's talking about the forgiveness of your sins, my sins, those sins that are to come with our families and our bloodline. It is done. You are no longer under the law. You are under this grace and mercy. It is done. We often confuse that it is done with, it is done. I'm dead. No, what's done is the law that we lived under is done. Now you can live in grace and mercy. Y'all will get that. If I had some Baptist folk in here, I'd be some shouting in here. I understand, you know, we're in a different kind of setting. Here's it. Here it is. We're going to wrap it up right here. I want to share this scripture with you. First John 3, 19 and 20 says this. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. The truth, let me stop right there. The truth is not a phrase, a word. Uh, 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 a situation. The truth is Christ. Just let me clarify it right there. When it says we belong to, the truth is Christ. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, Christ. So we will be confident when we stand before God. Watch this. This is the part I want you to get. Even if we feel guilty, God, woo, is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. Even if we feel guilty for what we have not accomplished, even feel we feel guilty for what we've done to somebody and, and don't feel that they've forgiven us, God is greater than our doggone feelings. I don't care how you feel on the inside. Our God is greater than your own doggone feelings. Somebody will get that today. 
that just freed you. He's greater than your feelings. Whatever unforgiveness you hold in your heart, release it today. God is greater than that. I love this other thing uh, that Paul says in, to the church in Philippi, Philippians 3.13. Y'all know I've, I've used this this entire series. If you've been paying attention, I've used it week one, week two, and I'm going to use it again. But watch how I flip it on you. Watch this here. Watch this here. Ready? No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. This is the gentleman by the name of Paul, formerly known as Saul of Tarsus, the one who persecuted Christians, the one who, who, who just totally didn't believe anything they had to say about this man named Jesus. If you said anything close to it, you were killed, persecuted. This man has every right. Here he is now serving God, serving Christ, sharing the gospel, trying to bring people into this new thing they call the path, which is what we call Christianity. It called the way, rather, uh, and we call it Christianity. He brought all these people in there. He said, I forget about the past. I'm not going to let the guilt of how I kill people who believed in this same thing stop me from getting to where I need to go. Prison ain't going to stop me. My past, my unforgiveness, my, my guilt of how I lived in the past won't stop me. I'm going to keep on pressing forward because I know there's greater things for me to come in the future if I just focus on the call that God has on my life. He has every right to be walking guilty. As a matter of fact, dig this. If y'all knew some people that were killing Christians regularly, personally, all of a sudden, flipped and says, you know what? Hey, I'm starting a church. How many would you join? None of y'all. They'd be like, you crazy, dude. Just last week, you cut somebody's head off because they said Jesus. You sliced somebody's tongue right out their mouth because they said Jesus. Dude, you were like burning down church, house churches, brother. And you saying you're starting a church? Yeah, this is set up. I ain't falling for the okey-doke. This is some of the stuff Paul faced. Think about that. This man killed Christians, persecuted them, but now he's trying to come to you and say, hey, I've been changed. I was on the road to Damascus. Your Jesus spoke to me. I believe it to be so. Now I'm, I'm, I'm an apostle. How many years did he have to do that before they actually believed the dude? And he's saying, I ain't worrying about it. Ain't nobody got time for that. I have goals that I have to achieve that honor God. And whether you believe me or not, I'm pressing forward. And no, I haven't gotten there yet, but I press forward. Not going to feel guilty for what I've done in the past. I didn't know. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others 
our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.